Welcome to CRE Success, the podcast, where we help people working in commercial real estate achieve their professional goals. Check us out online at cresuccess.co forward slash podcast. And now here's your host, Darren Krakowiak. Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the podcast that is made for people who are looking to be at the cutting edge in one of the world's most competitive and performance-driven industries, commercial real estate. Today, my guest is Sharif Hassan, who is the head of APAC sales at Released. Released are bringing a cloud-based approach to managing commercial property. And during our discussion today, Sharif and I will be talking about the opportunities for our industry to leverage data and technology to implement automation, increase efficiency and improve decision making. We'll also find out about how to use data to market your own business and what success and leadership looks like from his perspective. Before we start talking to Sharif, I wanted to quickly share why I decided on an interview format for the first season of CRE Success, the podcast. I started CRE Success, the business, to deploy leadership experience and my track record of results in commercial real estate to support the professional development of of others in the industry. However, I wanted this podcast to include stories from a variety of successful people in the sector. I want our audience, you, to benefit from a broader perspective on what success looks like, which goes beyond what I've personally experienced and observed over my own career. Everyone's story is different, and the purpose of this podcast is to share many stories and hear a range of different perspectives. For example, my guest today comes from a digital marketing background and brings specific skills that he's using to help people in our industry implement new solutions. His skill base is not something that I'm highly equipped to talk about. Also, interviewing a variety of guests equips me with the knowledge required to help more people. As I interview a variety of people, I'm learning more about success and leadership strategies, which gives me more knowledge to share with people in my network. Today's guest, Sharif Hassan of Release, definitely has a perspective to offer, which is different to any of the guests we've had on the podcast so far in terms of his experience and expertise. And I'm looking forward to sharing our interview in just 30 seconds. If you're interested in the flexible workplace boom that's happening right now across Australia, Hub Australia is one of the best operators with seven beautiful sites in four capital cities. They offer premium workspaces with desks, offices and suites and partner with landlords and corporate customers to provide and produce high quality workspaces, making sure their members love coming to work. If you have a client or partner looking for their next workspace or business opportunity, contact hello at hubaustralia.com or visit hubaustralia.com. And now it's time for the interview on CRE Success, the podcast. Sharif, welcome to CRE Success, the podcast. Thank you for having me. Sharif, the first thing we do at the start of each episode is we ask our guests to step into the virtual elevator to give us their elevator pitch of who they are. So Sharif, who are you? Yeah, well, fantastic. Well, um, look, my name's Sharif. I'm, I'm a first-generation uh, Kiwi with, with an Egyptian background. So both of my parents are from Egypt and moved to, moved to New Zealand in 1997 um, and, and have been here ever since. Um, so I'm coming to you guys at the moment from a brisk Auckland morning where I live with my wife and my two little boys. 
my first love is basketball and, and my second love is, is marketing. So out of school, I pursued a career in, uh, in agency marketing and went down the digital marketing route. So, you know, the concept of having that innovative product and, and service and competing for mindshare with your target audience, that, that's what really excited me. And the digital aspect of marketing, which was really blowing up at the time when I got into it, uh, really gave me that new, you know, that new element of tra- transparency and traceability, which, which really hit home for me. And in terms of your love of basketball, were you blessed with vertical advantage? Thankfully, I was. I actually had a bit of a. Um, I, I I had my growth spurt quite early. So I'm six foot. I'm six foot four. But uh, but I've been I've been about six foot four since I was twelve. So I, didn't, I haven't haven't grown much since then. Um, so the, the I really tapered off the trajectory in terms of where I thought I was going. So I think I, I picked I peaked a little bit early on there. So I played a lot of competitive basketball growing up. Obviously, as, as I got more into my my, my later twenties, I um, started to become more of a casual hobby. Cool, cool. And and you've had an unusual path into a career in commercial real estate. So where did you come from and how did you land in in our industry ultimately at your current role in released? Yeah, it's, it's interesting, really, because like I said, I, I never really thought I would be in the commercial uh, real estate space. So after a number of years in, in working in the d- digital marketing industry, um, so I was approached by Tom Wallace, who's our, who's our CEO and founder at the time, who just expanded real estate over to the UK. So after, after the first you know, initial years of success in Australia and New Zealand, he was looking to really grow this section as he was kind of focused more on the UK and, and wanted someone to look after, after that growth uh, of it here. It didn't take much convincing for me once I saw the product and spoke to a couple of customers to say, all right, this, this looks like a game changer. I, I need to get on board. So f- fast forward uh, four years later, I now, I now lead, the, lead our uh, growth team across Australia and New Zealand and, and now parts of Southeast Asia. And yeah, now our, our rate of growth is really the same as now as it, as it was back then. In a nutshell, what does Release do? So Re- Release uh, is its commercial property management platform designed to automate day-to-day activities uh, uh, when it comes to commercials, when it comes to outgoings, arrears management, invoicing, the whole lot, but also providing that cloud platform that's easy to use. <laughs> it often gets described as, as a sexy version of, of what a lot of people are currently using in a server-based, but also providing that, that cloud-based element where it's just like a single source of truth, accessible from anywhere, um, a mobile app suite that's really brings that you know the, the, an industry which has been se- severely lacking in this type of technology into the, that you know into the 2020 modern era right and prop tech is a is a buzzword that's been floating around the CRE industry for a few years now but I think as you've just alluded to it we fair to say that as an industry we've been fairly slow to adopt technological innovations even probably slower than the residential sector so uh, given your background in digital marketing and technology-based uh, services, I guess that's something you'd agree with. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think um, it's you know, it had the reason the reason we've been successful is, is exactly that um, the market's just been slow to adapt. And 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 the the interesting part is isn't so much the yes, it's the why. And 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 you know, until now, we've found our customers previously either hadn't found the solutions that were good enough. Or, and, and equally commonly, they haven't had the reason or haven't had the pain large enough to evolve. So, you know, for decades, um, you know, commercial property owners and, and property management companies have been able to coast by just purely by owning the asset. And that was enough. Now the demand for space as a service has meant that landlords need to think about you know, the full end-to-end experience that their tenants now have, um, how they interact with the space. Whereas before they were just you know, used to being an owner in the space and just maintaining it, keeping the lights on and the AC on. Um, and for a small segment of the market today, that's still that, from a primary real estate, that's still, that's still the case and that's still enough. But for the bulk of their portfolios, there are a lot more factors to consider now, especially as leases are getting shorter 
at the same time for property management companies, their, their landlords' clients are now averaging, becoming more educated, their actual clients. The value offerings from competing agencies are growing. Uh, and the landlord experience is just as, as, as important as the tenant experience as well now too. So I think all, all those factors together are, are really, really forced the industry to change in the last 10 years or so. You mentioned there that leases are getting shorter. And of course, leases have been getting longer for, for many, many years. But I guess very, very recently, as a result of COVID-19, many occupiers are now looking for more flexibility. So you would be very well placed to have an understanding of what leases look like based on all the data that you have access to. Are leases actually getting shorter? Is that something that you've picked up on very recently? Or what's the trend there? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, th- I think even before COVID, COVID-19, we were already starting to see that, that, that change in direction. And and, and it really almost seems like that, you know, that power shifting to the tenant side in terms of what they're after. As I mentioned, that look what they're looking for for a lease, looking for that flexibility. And and our, our early success was really due to the fact that the market had that appetite for change and was heading in that direction. But like you said, COVID has really acted as a, I think as a catalyst for this process instead of the, the reason for it. It's just sped up the trends that were already inevitable. And, and and that's really that's really the data that we're seeing. So you know, lease, lease lengths are dropping, um, and and it's differing. So of course, depending on the asset classes, definitely as expected, as everyone knows, you know, the retail space has been hit, hit the hardest um, out of all of them. Right. And we'll, we'll get into the data in a moment. Um, I want to ask you, though, about the main opportunities, as you see it, for the industry to benefit from technological change. So obviously, you've got a product suite that allows your clients to do that. But more broadly, what are the benefits for the industry from embracing prop tech? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good question. I think the, the opportunities for change, I think, really boiled down to three key elements. And, and I'd say they're almost like pillars for us and our successes. The first one is the experience. So I talked about it already a little bit, but the, this goes from both the tenant experience when interacting with their space and, the, and their property managers and landlords, the landlord's experience when dealing with the tenants and the agencies, and also the, your own internal staff when they're conducting their day-to-day jobs and what their expectations are, You know, whether it's being able to work freely and also as of recently remotely, there's a lot, also a, lot, a new generation of, of staff coming through of, of of that, you know, the younger generation, the millennials who are used to having you know, everything at their fingertips, a lot of uh, the, the technology that they're used to using on a daily basis is, is, is much more advanced than what a lot of people are using at the moment. The second key element is efficiency, which is the number one strain on resources that I come across on a daily basis. And, and you know, that's just for simple administrative tasks like invoicing and rent reviews and outgoing reconciliations and just general admin. So that this results in not only the tired and overworked staff, but, but resources taken away from improving the, the experience part of it. And, and thirdly, and most importantly, I think at the moment is that ability to make decision making and that that's being able to, to do that and derive derive decisions based on not just your own data, but also industry data, rather than that from that shoot from the hip approach, which is, uh, I think, being com- more common until late. So that's experience, efficiency and decision making. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I would boil down to. And that's obviously, you know, how you're disrupting the sector specifically at Relay. So can you tell me, how does your data help the industry make more informed decisions? I think firstly, traditionally, you've been able to be, you know, hold, like I said, hold a building and turn over a healthy margin, more or less of the same sense of stability. So now, now trends and requirements and tastes are changing very quickly. So we know at first hand, um, you know, for example, during during the COVID period, we had landlords coming and saying, hey, look, we've got all these tenants not wanting to pay rent. What's everyone else doing? 
and and that's where we had that you know early access to that data and and, and being able to show the historic trends and, and being able to paint a picture moving forward and arm our customers and the wider market with, with the information to then go back and say right so this is what's happening with the trends we, we're you know we're, we're seeing across these states a 30 percent drop of, of rent payments in in the office space or the retail space and and they're, and they're able to use that information to then reach fair agreements with the, with the different stakeholders interesting because uh, it took a while for the government in Australia to come out with a framework to guide those discussions for landlords and tenants to I guess share the pain as a result of COVID-19 but there were other countries where there wasn't a framework from the government and it really was left up to the tenants and the landlords to arrive at some negotiated solutions so uh, your clients I guess benefited from having earlier access to data to make decisions which allowed them to move forward more quickly? Exactly I think it's I mean you don't have to look very far to look at the difference between even Australia and New Zealand. New Zealand government was was very, very particularly not getting involved or, or providing really any type of framework except for the fact that, you know, just, just the, the guidance that everyone should just be fair and, and, and work together to, to, to share the pain. And I think it's I mean, it's, it's, an, it's an interesting point because, you know, the government obviously don't want to get involved with commercial commercial agreements between parties and and, and not wanting to, to really adjust, adjust or amend that too much. But at the same time, you know, like you said, just being able to, to see that market data I think it was a good starting point for for landlords and, and tenants to have those conversations where whether it's you had you know some of the other landlords who kind of stuck their head in the sand and say no we're not providing any type of relief being able to see that data and then understand right so this is what's happening across the board same thing with tenants being able to see that and 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 i think it just provides a, a much healthier platform for those dis- discussions to start data of course helps us make more or better informed decisions and you know one, one thing i talk about with some of our clients is about time management and how we want to increase efficiency and utilize automation so how do they come into the equation in terms of the solutions that you offer your clients yeah i'm massive i mean i think that's where it really started so you know having access to, to technology which automates administration you know it's the first step of reaching that that, that modern era of property management yeah we've we, give you an example we've had a, a, an organization that I, I, I worked with recently who had 30, a team of 30 running through the accounts that after really drilling down to their processes realized they actually needed a headcount of five to achieve the same result and they didn't this wasn't a matter of you know letting 25 people go they're actually actually to repurpose those that team to the value add acti- activities and it actually rather than it being an operational cost it's actually generating revenue Right. I think that repurposing of some staff into activities which enhance the tenant experience, for example, can actually result in greater benefits across the portfolio, potentially. Exactly, 100%. And if you look at the, the you know, the, the the operational or deficiencies that were before, before when, when they're running a team of like 30, it was the negative impact of that was not only, you know, not being able to service your, your clients, right? You have staff doing tasks that are, you know, cumbersome and 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 they weren't very happy as well so that can result in things like staff turnover um, and as I mentioned before as well you've got that generation of of the new generation entering the workplace which have different expectations of what they expect to be to be doing and, and also what their time is spent on so how big is released now in terms of uh, you mentioned a little bit about the geographies that you that you're in but how big is it in terms of you know buildings and leases and stuff like that 
Yeah, so I mean, we've got we've got um, uh, offices. Like I said, we started in New Zealand and, and quickly expanded to Australia. So I think Australia and New Zealand ha- ha- combined have about forty percent of our our um, you know company size. Um, but we've got the UK and and the US, which which is starting at the moment as well. So UK, we've got a, a large 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 majority of our companies in the UK, um, and it's just entering the, the the US, which is unfortunate timing for us earlier this year, given given COVID hitting. So we had to re-strategize a little bit there. But in terms of in terms of the actual you know, the, the portfolios that we're managing. We've got properties in over 40 countries under management, um, and we've got about $5 billion of rent moving through the system every month. So and to give you the idea, that's we're talking about probably close to 50,000 leases in, in, in one of those geographies uh, at the moment, giving us that information. But we've got a team of about 100 people across these offices with a you know short, short hiring freeze like everyone else during COVID, but we're expecting that to ramp up again because our tr- trends of growth have been averaging around 100% year-on-year growth, which is, uh, as you imagine, getting harder to do as we get bigger. The- the 40 countries that you're in, in terms of serving your clients, how many countries do you have offices in at the moment, people on the ground? The pe- people on the ground at the moment are in Australia, New Zealand, UK, and the US. Okay, good. So you're in the US, so you, you, you're not locked out at this time. No, no. So we've actually got a, um, a, a global uh, head of sales has joined us in New York at the moment, and we've got a, a team there who's um, uh, slowly strategizing. We've got kind of a, a land and expand strategy in entering new markets where we go in and, and really feel out um, you know, with, with, a, with a, a small team, understanding where our product to market fit is, where, where we need to go, what market opportunity is. And then once we hit that, that, the right spot, we then expand rapidly. Right. Well, there's plenty of uh, real estate in New York that I'm sure you can conquer. Absolutely. Look, I know you've got a new product suite to drive some more growth. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so product's called Credia, and it's it's a, it's a real-time CRE intelligence platform. Um, and what it does is it provides our customers with a single source of truth to visualize and benchmark their data. So you know, enabling those valuable insights and data-driven decision-making, which we've talked about a little bit already, to really explain Credia, I can tell you a little bit, a few points of what we're fighting against with Credia. So first thing is timeliness. Analysis often happens one to two months after the fact. You don't really have an access to that real-time day-to-day data, what's happening and being able to react to trends quickly. But that is uh, you know, opaque data. It's ha- hard to find. Um, it's dispersed in different places. Um, we're having uh, you know, lots of different data sources. Some, I'll, I'll, in many, many cases, you have inaccurate data. We are trusting you know, whether it's user-entered data from spreadsheets or, or coming from different sources. Again, um, l- lack of insights in terms of what the data is telling us, not being benchmarked against the wider market. Um, having manual process to actually pull that information and compile it. You know, if we work, talk to people who have teams or teams of people who actually do this job as opposed to what we're doing where we've, we're extracting that information live from their property management platform and giving them real-time dashboards to show them this is what's happening, these are the trends, and being able to, to dig down directly into that. Right. Well, one piece of content marketing, which I think that you guys are are definitely qualified to produce is in-depth data about how many tenants are paying their rent on time in all the geographies and sectors around the world. And this has been an especially interesting metric to measure since COVID-19 impacted markets as landlords and tenants, as we touched on before, have been trying to negotiate a share of the, uh, the burden of the economic downturn. At a very high level, can you share with us what your data has showed us in 2020 about how various sectors and geographies have been performing in this regard? 
Yeah, yeah. So I guess taking a step back, we were very much heading and in, in towards this journey before COVID hit, where we we were coming to the realization where we're sitting on this on this 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 massive data set, which we could have held, or you know, we could decide whether we were going to hold it, share it with our customers. But we decided we want to benefit the wider market with this information, and that data has allowed people to make you know those data led decisions um, in the context of the wider market. I think that that's really helped us solidify where we're trying to do and where we're trying to sit in the market as well. Um, and what we what we've been able to see is, is a real trend line of which markets are recovering faster from a from a rent collection perspective we've been able to see you know uh, for example New Zealand based on their COVID response and and uh, had, had originally the same levels of rent collection where they were down across the board by about 35 percent but they, but that recovered a lot faster than than other regions naturally you've got Victoria which is still impacted quite heavily as opposed to you know, New South Wales and Queensland, but but they've all been they've all they've all had their, their fair share of of drop in rents. Um, and again, the interesting part with this, and I and I do digress a little bit, but property management property managers right now are collecting you know fewer a, a, a fees than they ever have before because of the drops in rents. Yet they're working harder than they've ever, ever had to. And 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 again, that's that's one of the key reasons why these systems are so important to 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 look at these and analyze them and, and understand how we, how you can be more efficient. And you know, I would expect that retail, for example, would see a bigger drop in rent collections than, say, industrial. Is that borne out in the data? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're seeing um, the biggest impact heavily hit, and and in some geographies, have reached down to fifty percent for retail. And just industrial has, remains uh, strong. You got you know a slight dip um, in the data, but but absolutely, absolutely, very much the uh, retail which has been impacted the most. If you if you're interested in having a look, you can head to creditahq.com and, and you can download um we release reports on a monthly basis which give you uh updated information on the previous month so definitely definitely worth checking out cool we'll put that link in the show notes i reckon that all of this data you've got would be a great way to promote your brand and to integrate into your marketing strategy so how are you using this data to grow your business yeah, it's interesting because our overall marketing strategy is, I think, twofold. The first one is is being there when people are looking for for systems. Um, you know, they've identified they've got a problem, they've got they've got a pain, and 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 making sure that we're we're front of mind when they are looking for those systems. The other one is that education piece, and as you know, as much as teaching people about being more. Um, you know, automated and, and efficiency is important. The data piece is really what drives it home, and 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 being able to uh, re- really reflect on what where we are in the market and and the kind of information that we have. And I think it also gives us gives the market a little bit more trust in us as someone who's uh, right. What we're building is based off data ourselves. Our, we are a data driven business, and and that's how we we get there. So when we're making um, you know new builds in our features, new builds in our in our product. It's all done based on that market insight, which which we have, and 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 really putting that information out to the wider market is is helping reflect that in our brand. Awesome. Well, Sharif, I want to turn to the topic of success now, as that's a major theme of our podcast. And first thing to ask is, what is it that you deliberately and consistently focus on that contributes to your own personal success? What I I like to do is I I like to invest heavily in heavily in my own personal growth, and that's not necessarily a monetary investment, but time investment. 
sense. Um, so, you know, I, I came into it, coming into a new industry for me, obviously commercial pro, pro real estate is, is, a, is a new sector for me. And, and I had to find ways to, to add value to those I'm speaking to who have perhaps been in the industry for decades. So you, you, it, at times you can get a little bit of a sense of imposter syndrome, but that's when you realize that, right, I'm, I'm focusing here on a specific aspect of a specific issue, which is prop tech. And, and, and there's a wealth of information, books, and, you know, podcasts like this is really what I, what I consume on a daily basis to upskill. And I think, you know, as, as cliche as it might sound, you know, the, I like the, my, my favorite, uh, my favorite saying is, you know, if you're not, if you're not growing, you're dying, which is, if you're not learning, you're dying, sorry, which is a, a great way to look at things and, and, and a great way to constantly keep the ego in check. And, 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 you know, there's always something new to learn and some, some way to grow. And that, that's for me is how I measure success, because it's, if you get, get bogged down into market, uh, into numbers or specific goals that can, can really start to weigh heavily on you. But I think if you're always striving to, to grow for me, that that's how I would define it. And do you have a specific amount of time that you're looking to invest in yourself every every day or every week, or is it just making sure that you set some time apart to focus on that? I think, I mean, I'd like to tell you that I have X, X number of hours every week that I that I put towards this, but the reality is, is obviously some weeks are better than others. And, and I think that the, the, what I've found that works really well for me is is focusing on the downtime so get going to work in the morning or early or, or coming back from work I've, I've i've decided to you know i've got an hour for example sitting in a car where i could be listening to podcasts and upskilling that way uh, that, that I, I like to consume books via audiobooks again there's a lot a lot of downtime during the day that people are you know you, you either spend on your phone or do, doing something else which, which is unproductive but for me just having something on the background and constantly listening is, is, is how, how how i consume it so it's uh an easy way to make sure that you not you don't have to set aside time to do it, but making most of downtime. Right, and and what's your approach to leadership? My approach to, to leadership is, is is leading from the front, you know, right, rather from the back. I think that's the number one the number one difference between the leaders that I've had in, in the past that and, and and the ones that have been successful are the ones that have kind of showed rather than told. Whether it be in you know basketball or professional workplace, it's it's probably that the number one aspect is is being led by someone to show me, you know. The passion and the drive being shown by the leader, as, as opposed to to you know do as I say, not as I do. I think that's that's the the, the big one. The other uh, trait which I think is heavily undervalued is empathy. Um, just the ability to, to to see through someone else's eyes and, and and meet them where they are before then guiding them to where the direction where you want to take them. That's a massive one for me. Definitely. Final question, Sharif, is you've only been in commercial real estate for a few years. What's one thing about how the industry operates that you found, I guess, surprising when you started working in it and uh, might be something that you can uh, evoke awareness for our listeners in terms of taking another look at the way that we do things? Yeah, honestly, the biggest surprise for me was uh, how far behind the property industry was um, compared to other industries when it came to technology and, and data. I think um, it's probably the reason why I entered the space because I, I you know, being being shown this the, this new way of doing things. And for me, when I first saw the product, I was like, yeah, this this seems pretty straightforward to me. But then when I saw what it was being compared to and how the industry actually was, that 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 was the kind of the, the aha moment for me, especially being a millennial. Like I said, everything in my life to this point is heavily data-driven. So whether it, whether it's from my basketball or, or digital marketing, where, where everything's measured by the cent down to, you know, the ROI on everything is, is being calculated. Even from a social life perspective, you know, as a millennial, you look at things like likes and comments and friends and followers and everything we do is, is, is drenched into and data. So I think that that's the one aspect for me, which I mean, I've, I've touched on it earlier as to 
why why the, those reasons are, but that was the biggest surprise coming in. Well, Sharif, I'm sure that uh, Released will be dragging the industry kicking and screaming into the 21st century. So I want to say thank you very much for sharing your insights and for joining us on CRE Success, the podcast. Much appreciated, Darren. Thank you. For more information about our guest, visit CREsuccess.co forward slash podcast. And now a final thought from Darren Krakowiak. Thank you, Sharif, for being my guest today. I would also like to say thank you to those of you who have taken the time to send me an email or a direct message on LinkedIn or Instagram to say that you're enjoying the show. That feedback is really appreciated. I really, really do appreciate it. So thank you for taking the time to uh, to say so. I do put a lot of work into uh, creating this podcast and bringing it to you each week. And I'm really pleased that you're getting a benefit from the content that is being released via this podcast. One of the thank you that I would like to give today is to the voiceover artist who provides the intro, outro and bumpers for this podcast, Tracy Shemansky. I first worked with Tracy at Melbourne Youth Radio Station Hits FM back in 1997 and I've been friends with Tracy and her husband Chris who I also work with in radio for more than 20 years. They even travelled all the way to Seoul, Korea for my wedding in 2018. Because we're good friends, when Tracy agreed to be the voice of the show, I didn't actually have to pay her but I did promise to take her to lunch to say thank you sadly she hasn't been working at her office which is near where I live since the podcast launched because like most people during COVID-19 she's currently working from home Tracy for the record I just want you to know that I'm still good for that lunch once you're back in the office I'll still pay up even if it takes another six months or longer although I do hope that it's not that long that's our show for today thanks as always for listening and I will speak to you soon Thanks for listening to CRE Success, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to leave us a five-star review. For more information about the show, just check the show notes on your podcast app or visit us online at cresuccess.co. Join pioneering landlords and property managers using technology and data powered by the leader in commercial property management software, Released. Born in the cloud, Released gives you centralised management of your portfolio with instant access to client and lease information across property managers, landlords, accountants and tenants. With Released Smart Automation, managing single to large multi-tenanted properties with complex outgoings is a breeze, driving real-time insights so you can make proactive data-led decisions. Visit re-leased.com to find out more.